Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 68, Healthy Boundaries While Distance Learning. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the E2E podcast. I have taken a little break from the podcast, and I want to explain why before we get into today's topic. So as you all know, we are in this time of just uncertainty during COVID-19. Today is actually April 7th as I'm recording this, and I've been quiet over the last few weeks because as everything's been unraveling, I have heard a lot of voices chiming into the discussion about distance learning, about all the changes that are going on. And I think in some ways I have been overwhelmed as I'm sure you have been by all of the information out there, all the tools, all the advice, everyone's opinion is just everywhere. Um, And it can be quite overwhelming. And so I made the decision on behalf of myself and on behalf of E2E to remain kind of quiet until I felt like I had something that I believed in and something important to say. So today's topic is healthy boundaries while distance learning. If you've been following the podcast for a while now, you know that this topic is extremely important to me. I am a big believer in setting and upholding healthy boundaries as educators. And so I spent some time thinking about how this applies to distance learning. So today's podcast is actually the audio from a webinar I did last week. I did it three times for three different sets of teachers, and I got just amazing feedback for teachers. And a lot of what I talk about today is stuff you already know, but just you need a little refresher on. I also give some tips and tricks around technology to help you be more efficient in your working from home. So I hope you enjoy today's topic. Again, this is the audio from the webinar. And if you want to see the actual slides that accompany that, you can head over to www.educatorstoeducators.com slash healthy dash boundaries. You can also go to educatorstoeducators.com and you'll find a link there to watch the recording. Um, I'll also be putting this on the Educators to Educators uh, YouTube channel. So if you want to see those visuals, head over either to the website or the YouTube channel to see those. Before I get started, The registration for Teacher Summer Reboot is actually open. I was encouraged by a lot of our teachers and presenters, hey, open that free conference up. We need something positive to look forward to right now. So we already have over 2,500 teachers signed up for that July conference. As you know, it's free. We have over 70 presentations this year, all about supporting all learners and supporting all students. I think this is the strongest all-around presenter panel we have ever had. You don't want to miss it. It is July 17th and 18th, and if you're an E2E member, you can get signed up earlier. This podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Boundaries module. If you are an E2E member, make sure you go take that module right now. I think it'll really help reinforce your healthy boundaries during this time. And if you're not a need to remember, you can take that entire module for $29, super affordable. Again, all that information is at educators to the number two, that is educators to educators.com. All right, let's get started with healthy boundaries while distance learning. site or if you listen to the podcast, you know how passionate I am about healthy boundaries for teachers. And I think this topic is something that we do need to talk about. So today I'm going to talk about some things that may sound familiar to you. Um, I want to talk about 
just refreshing your ideas of what do your boundaries look like now that you're a virtual teacher. I did look at the pre-survey that many of you filled out and a lot of you are feeling stressed by the fact that you don't know where to cut off work and cut off play and kind of like put boundaries up with your kids and your family and it just feels like everything's meshing together. Um, so you know I'm passionate about healthy boundaries, but I've also been in education for 20 years and in many different roles. So I have worked for a nonprofit. I taught in Chicago public schools for 10 years. Then I traveled the country. So I was working like from airports and then from my home and at an office. And now of course with E2E, I work full-time at home. I also have two children I'm married um, and two very busy children who are nine and 12. So I do have a lot of practice in how do I balance running E2E, which a lot like teaching for you, like I'm thinking about E2E all the time. I probably could work 20 hours a day and sleep four if I let myself because I'm so passionate about educators to educators. And I know that's how you feel about teaching that same type of passion. But I think we all know that if we did that to ourselves, we would wear ourselves out really fast. So I have learned how to be passionate and work hard, but still have balance in my life. So I'm going to share that out with all of you today. So I want to set some expectations for this webinar. So um, we're going to start off by doing that because I think expectations are really important. Then we're going to talk a little bit about like, why do we need boundaries? We're going to talk about work hours and how you can be efficient. Um, a little bit about office space, communication, personal life boundaries, and then finally community um, and how important I think community is right now. I do want to say that when I was putting this webinar together, I had way more content than this 45 minutes is going to allow for us. So I'm going to tell you at the end how there's some extension opportunities for us to continue to connect and build this community. As you know, there are three of these um, webinars. By you actually showing up to this webinar today, I can see the participants that are here, you're going to be invited to sign up for another session for next week. So thank you for signing up and showing up to this webinar because we filled 90 spots in 50 minutes. So this was definitely something people wanted and needed. So let's talk about our expectations. The first thing I wanna say is no, yes, but. Okay, so what I mean by that is a lot of times, especially when I worked in more corporate education world, when we would be brainstorming, we would make these rules that you can't just automatically say no or yes, but this might happen. So I want you to keep an open mind when I'm going through some of these topics. So even if something doesn't exactly apply to your life, I want you to try to take a little something from each conversation and apply it to your current situation. When I was looking through everyone's comments on the pre-survey, we're all in different situations right now. So I'm gonna try to speak to all of you, but if I'm, maybe you're single by like quarantine by yourself right now, and I'm talking about family, there's still something that you can take from that and apply to your own life. The other thing I'm gonna ask you to do is to listen. Please put your phones on do not disturb, don't get distracted. Don't have Netflix on in the background. Give yourself and ask the people in your home with you to give you 45 minutes to just be alone and reset. And then finally, I'm going to ask you to participate and use that comment box. Be responsive, not only just to me, but help build that community on the side, because frankly, we really need each other during this time. 
Now you can see that I started this webinar off by setting high expectations for all of you. And I know you do that for your students when you in your old world of teaching, which was frankly for some of you just last week, you know that, you know expectations and setting boundaries and setting up rules and clear, being very clear is important. You know how to do that. You're experts of that. But I know that some of you have let that go because all of a sudden you're out of your comfort zone and you're doing virtual teaching, just like I am doing right now. Me sitting in front of a mic and a computer and an iPad and, and leading this doesn't rattle me anymore because I've done it for so long. But for some of you, this is the first time you've ever had to do something virtual. And so it'd be really, really easy for you to forget about setting high expectations for your students and not necessarily high, but setting expectations so that they know what you expect of them. One thing I wanna say is that um, as you're watching this webinar today, if there's a slide that resonates with you, if there's something, an aha moment that you have, if you will snap a picture or do a post on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those, it really helps me as I try to build this E2E community. Social media is the main driver for teachers finding out about these kind of healthy discussions. So as a thank you for coming to this free webinar today, I would really appreciate if you um, would share out some type of an aha moment, something that a little nugget of information that you can share um, with your teacher community. So I want you to think about your schedule right now. What boundaries, whether you've been remote teaching for two weeks or this is your first you know, week, what boundaries have you put in place? And I want you to think about your professional life and your personal life. If you feel comfortable sharing this out in the chat room, go ahead. But what kind of boundaries have you put in place? And it's okay to say, you know what, Carrie, I actually really haven't put any boundaries in place, but let me know what you have put in place for yourself. Why do we need boundaries? And I don't know if any of you have listened to the Healthy Boundaries podcast that we had for E2E or taken the um, Healthy Boundaries module that we have at the E2E site. Um, I spent a couple of months really studying boundaries. And what my two big takeaways were is that we need boundaries because a lack of boundaries confuses the people in our life. Although boundary setting can be very difficult and feel uncomfortable when you first start doing it, people respect you and you know what to expect from you when you communicate boundaries. So I wanna tell you a really quick story and I'm sorry if you've heard this on our podcast before, but last fall, um, this is my daughter, Emily. She's nine, she's in third grade. And we have a forest preserve by our house. And so Emily and I would love to just run over there and walk around and look at the horses. And there are a bunch of different kind of fenced off areas where we could walk up and pet the horses and just watch them. And this was a little bonding time that she and I would have. So one day we were there and all the horses were out. Normally we would just kind of go to this fenced area, but when they were there and the none of the horses were out. So we started walking into the forest preserve and in this middle picture you'll see here, there was this kind of barn indoor stable area. So we were approaching it and I very much teach my children about following rules. I'm sure you're all the same if you're parents and you teach your students that. Um, when we got up there, we could see all the horses were inside 
but there were no signs anywhere that said you can come in or come in, stay away from this. I mean, there was no guidance anywhere and we couldn't find anyone. So that made me super uncomfortable. I couldn't figure out what the boundaries were, whether we were allowed to go in and pet the horses. I didn't know if I was going to put Emily in danger. We had our beagle Butch with us. I didn't know if he was allowed to go. And so I did not feel very safe. And then all of a sudden, one of the um, horse, um, I don't know what they call them, like people that care for horses came up and I was like, hey, are we allowed to go in? And she's like, oh my gosh, come in. Yes, of course you can come in. Here's pet the horses. She said, keep your dog. You can tie your dog up here. Um, the dog might rattle the horses. So don't bring the dog in. And so at that point, Emily and I knew kind of what would keep us safe and what the expectations were. And I bring this example to you because this is applies to your classroom, your personal life. This applies to what's going on with you right now. You need to communicate clearly to your parents, your students, your roommates, your life partner, your children, what your boundaries are. And I'll tell you, some of the hardest things are figuring out what your boundaries are. And the hardest part is you upholding those boundaries. So when you leave this webinar today, I really want you to think about what are your boundaries right now. And we're going to touch on that a little bit. And then I want you to think about how you're going to uphold those boundaries. So boundaries don't work if you don't communicate them and they don't work if there isn't some type of consequence for people who break those boundaries. So I'm going to tell you right now, as a parent of two children, I am craving and I got from not only my school district and principals and my student, my kids go to two different schools, an elementary and a middle school, and their teachers, they are giving very clear instructions and expectations. And this makes me feel safe and my kids feel safe. And it also helps us feel accomplished. So my daughter's third grade teacher every day emails my, me with a little note and a basically a Google Doc that I can go to electronically or print off. And it's just a simple table. And she puts a little message at the top with a table that says, I want you to do IXL for 20 minutes. I want you to do your keyboarding for 20 minutes with all the links. And every day, it's so clearly laid out that I have a very independent third grader. I just print that off for her and she sits in my office and does it. But what makes us feel accomplished is that we know exactly what we're, gonna, we're supposed to do. And most of the work is stuff that's giving her automatic feedback right then and there. So don't be afraid to really set clear expectations. So let's talk about your mental health in this whole situation. I heard, I believe, Emily say that she set up office hours. So I want you to decide on office hours and I want you to stick to them. This is the one that I see teachers break all the time, especially around email. I want you to set up office hours if it's eight to three. And I want that, we're gonna sh I'm gonna show you in a minute an example of like a auto reply out of office reply that you can use to help communicate these office hours. So I want you to send out an email and say, these are my office hours. And then you have to stick to them. So here's the problem. If you say my office hours are till three o'clock, and then at 6.30, you have a student email you that can't get into maybe a website or the Google Classroom. You have to make an important decision not to answer that email until the next day at 8 a.m. And you have to make a decision if that's a parent 
to not email them back until the next day at 8 a.m. Because what's going to happen is, one, you're teaching them to not respect your boundaries that you've put up, but you're also teaching them that you're an on-demand teacher that's going to be available for them all the time, immediately, no matter what hour it is. So by setting those office hours and sticking, it, sticking to them, you're setting boundaries. The consequence of someone trying to break those boundaries is that you're not going to respond until the office hours. And you can't slip even a little bit on this. I know it's hard, but you're teaching them not to respect your boundaries by doing the opposite of what you tell them to do. The other thing that's really going to help you with boundary setting and kind of these expectations is communication. I just think right now, even in your personal and professional life, communication is just the key of what I think we're all learning through the situations, how important it is to talk to each other about our expectations and what we're feeling. I want you to put patterns in place that make you more efficient. So back to the example of Emily's teacher, she has put this pattern in place. I know now until May 1st, every day that school's in session, I'm going to get this email at eight in the morning. It's in the same format every single day. And therefore, because she communicates so clearly, and I know the expectations for Emily, I have emailed her one time. And guess what the one time was? Hi, how are you doing, Ms. Dern? It wasn't, where is this? How do we do this? She has laid it out so clearly. So come up with patterns and things that you can do. And I'm telling you, keep it simple, especially if you're just getting started. Just think back to your teaching the first days of school. You don't start off the first day of school and say, everybody do centers or it's free choice or we're going to do problem-based you know, learning. Keep it super simple for this first week. Get the kids back in that pattern. You're retraining them. You're training their parents. And then if you want to add to that and start making it more complex, especially since some states are doing distance learning for the rest of the year, you always have time to add it's really hard to go back and break up the chaos. So start simple, treat this almost like the first couple days of school and get back to the basics. And finally, this do your best, be a problem solver. This isn't actually about you. This is about your students and your parents. Let kids have time to breathe and problem solve. Remember, you're not a customer service chat bot. You know, when you go to a website and you have a problem and you can go over to the little chat bot and you get instant gratification of trying to get help, you can set the expectation now that you aren't an instant help desk. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in this next slide. But a lot of times we know as teachers that if a kid comes up to us with a problem or they have, um, I taught third, fourth, and fifth grade, and I can't tell you how many times I said to my students, be a problem solver figure it out. And I would set a timer. A lot of times you have 10 minutes, go figure it out on your own. And most of the time they could figure it out. I want to remind you that right now your kids are craving attention. They're craving contact with you. They miss you. You miss them. So sometimes you might be getting emails from kids with a problem, but what they're trying to do is get just a little attention from you. And I think what can help save your sanity here is that create moments where you're giving kind of attention to the entire class or personalized in uh, attention intentionally. So just remember that give those kids, if they send you an email or they send you a message, give them some time to try to work it out on their own. I cannot praise you enough. I sent out um, emails to all the attendees and I automatically got some out of office emails from some teachers and it made my heart so happy. 
I want you to, if your district will allow this, set up an out and off office email that goes on all the time, no matter what. So that if I send you an email, I'm a parent and I send you an email right now, I'm going to get this email back in my inbox. And just a sidestep here with you. Um, when I worked in ed tech and I worked, um, you know, as an executive at Discovery, this is a lot of what I trained teams on and we talked about is um, how to make someone feel heard and help someone without setting us up to be at people's beck and call all the time. So this is kind of like my specialty. So if a parent emails you, they're automatically going to get an email back. So this one says, thanks so much for your email. As you know, all Bluebell schools, I made this up, are currently closed through Friday, April 10th by order of Governor Bluemont. Okay, next, you want to keep this short and sweet. Don't make these paragraphs. During distance learning, I will have virtual hours from this time to this time, this time to this time. During those hours, I will respond to communication within two hours. Now, here's the thing. You're setting an expectation of two hours so they know, okay, I better try to problem solve this myself for a while. That gives you the leeway of two hours, but if you do have time within your day to respond pretty quickly, go ahead and do that. Also, you're saying communication sent after those times, they'll be addressed within 24 hours or back to the office hour times, okay? So you wanna set yourself up that you're really only doing that communication um, during the work week. You know, I look forward to this new adventure. I'm here to support you and your family. Now here's something that can really help you out. And how this goes back to healthy boundaries is you need to train your parents and students, just like you train maybe your own children, to help themselves. So I want you to try to put a frequently asked questions part at the end of the out of office. So as you get questions from parents, add them, the questions and the answers to your out of office. So let's say I was having trouble as a parent getting into Google Classroom. Well, if I get this automatically back in my inbox, I can now read the response, oh, here's how to get to Google Classroom. Here's how I figure this out. Um, and just keep adding as you get these questions, keep adding, keep adding. Now, what's great about this is now as a teacher stepping back in the teacher role, maybe I've been working, I've been doing a zoom for an hour and I'm coming back to my email. Well, I can look and see, okay, did the person who emailed me get into Google classroom? You can see that. Yes, they did. And you can respond. Looks like you were able to figure it out. And Johnny was able to get into good Google classroom. Have a wonderful day. What you're doing is training your students and parents to help themselves, which is going to reduce the amount of emails that you are constantly getting. So being efficient is so key to opening up time for you to have personal space at home, especially when you are working in the same place that you are living and playing. So I want to give you some really good um, quick tips that I use. So I work and you guys can see behind me, this is the E2E headquarters. I actually have um, just cleared out this entire bedroom to be my office. So I've been working on this, but whether you have an extra bedroom, um, an extra closet, an extra TV tray, I want you to set up a space for you to work. And I'm gonna show you some examples here in a minute. Um, so number one, I want you to put your out of office in. Number two, use template responses for your emails. I was just talking to an art teacher in my neighborhood. I saw her on our walk with our dogs. We were talking about 10 feet away, but she was saying one of the things she's, she's an art teacher. So she has like the whole school emailing her. 
So I was like, have you ever used template responses for email? And she's like, no. And I'm like, well, I'll send you an email to show you how to do this. Um, I do this a lot because I get a ton of emails about people who want to be E2E presenters or sponsors. And so I have a template that I can go to. So basically you hit reply, you go down, you pick a template response. So this is okay. Kayla, I will show you guys how to do that. Now, if you don't have this availability in your email, then what I want you to do is just use the notes on your phone or use the, um, you know, a notes anywhere in your uh, computer where you can have templates that you can copy and paste, copy and paste. So I was telling this art teacher, I said, why don't you, you know, she had sent out an assignment and kids were sending all hundreds of kids are sending these back for her to evaluate. I'm like, there's just no way. So you write a template response that says, dear blank comma, um, congratulations on finishing this art project. I really loved blank. So she could hit that template. Hi, Johnny. It automatically puts in congratulations on doing this. I loved your use of teal and red in this project, period. And then you are not retyping and retyping. So use this kind of, this is a way that you can fast paced personalized feedback and make kids feel um, responded to without draining yourself. The other thing I want to talk about is batch recording videos. Again, if you are an E2E member, you've probably heard me say this before, but I batch record everything. So if you are a teacher that is being asked to do video teaching or any kind of a video presentation, here's something that you could do. Now, you could take a Saturday morning. For me, for E2E, I love Saturday and Sunday mornings. I get up early when my kids and husband are still asleep, and I get a ton of work done between like 6 and 10. Now, you might be saying, Carrie, I thought we were creating healthy boundaries. But what if you could do some front-loading work on a Saturday, quiet Saturday morning or quiet Sunday morning and then have everything in place for the week so that it frees up a little bit of more personal time during the day? I love and crave my personal time during the day. I treasure that so much during the week. Um, and so think about that. So that's what I was saying about batch recording videos. So what you could do is literally get like five different shirts. <laughs> I have recording shirts that I use. And you're, let's say you're going to, you have to teach math lessons and you don't have to change your shirt. Kids really don't care, but um, you batch record the video. So you record all of your, um, you record all of your math lessons and one shebang. And then you break them up throughout the week. And then you record all your language arts, whatever you're doing. So batch recording is really great because you do your hair, you get dressed and boom, 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 boom. Everything's set up, all your electronics are set up and then you can just kind of slowly release them throughout the week. Um, there are a gazillion, I don't even know if that's a real word, but there are so many free resources out there right now, you guys. I mean, I have been having my own kids. Um, we aren't, we don't have bilingual in our school district and I'm really sad my kids aren't learning Spanish. I'm like, oh, now we're going to learn Spanish. So they're using Duolingo. It's free. So there are so many resources out there for parents like that. eSpark Learning is free right now. They're awesome. They differentiate. Um, there are just, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Our sponsor hand of mine has lessons out there. I mean, give all these free resources, put them in one place. And when you send that email to parents or you're communicating, always remind them here's extension activities. Here's extension activities because parents are definitely trying to, I mean, I can't tell you how many parents I've answered on my personal Facebook page that are looking for stuff to fill time so that they can work. 
back to what I was saying is keep it simple. This is something in business I always go back to myself. Don't chase the big carrots. Don't chase all the carrots. Don't get distracted by, oh, that school district, they went on a parade. If you want to go on a parade and go wave to your kids and that's going to fulfill you, do it. But I just really think if the simple as you can make it right now, get in a good workflow so that you can kind of keep this calm and happiness, you can always add things later. And then my last tip is you have to shut it down after office hours. And I, I told you guys, I could work 20 hours a day. I'm so passionate about E2E, but I know that if I don't take breaks, I am not going to be a good leader of this business. And it's the same thing for you. You're a leader of your classroom. You have to take breaks. There is always, always, always going to be work to do. Always. There is always something that you can do better or think about or respond to. Guess what, guys? No one's going to hold up your boundaries except for you. You are the one that says it's time to stop. You have to do it because people are always going to want more from you, especially as a teacher. I do want you to create some type of an office space. Now, this is my office space. I love it, but I also have been working from home for a couple of years and I really built this out. The one thing I was just going to say is I do put, try to put little pieces and this is my trip that I went and spoke in Ireland this fall. This was the, um, the group of speakers, a family picture. This is a picture of my mom, brothers, and I when I was a baby. It helps me remember where I've come from. I love quotes. Um, this is something from my trip to Jacksonville. So just really, you know, like I said, even if you have like a TV tray, um, make your space. But going back to boundaries here, this is where in your personal life, you can say to your roommates, to your children, to your spouse, this is my space. I need this one little corner and I need everyone to leave it alone. My kids know, we call it the mom cave. This is my space. And when I'm in here, they need to come in here and realize I'm working. I'm in a place of mom is working. Mom is working on E2E. And so they're respectful. They know to knock on the door. They know not to bust in unless there's an emergency. I've, in, I've um, involved my kids in my business. I want to them to know what it's like to be an entrepreneur. So my daughter made a recording in progress sign that's on the door right now. So people know, know not to interrupt me. But I think that setting up this space that's yours and that you say, just no one touch this. I need this space is a really good way to create healthy boundaries within your home during this new time. I wanted to show you Beth Pittman from um, Flexible and First. If you're not following her, she's super inspirational. I love her. Um, she took, she posted this on Facebook last week. So she needed a place to teach. So she, her husband thought of her using this closet. So she has the before and after. I love this. Tell me in the comments if you guys like this too. But she basically, you can see she took these like tablecloths and just hung them like plastic tablecloths, put a little old like desk in there. And she made herself, and she said, this is not necessary, which I agree. It's not necessary, but it made her feel like she was going to a place of work. And so it is tempting you guys to drag your computer into bed with you, drag your computer to the couch, drag your computer to the kitchen and keep working. But it, you know, and I'm not going to say that I've never go, you know, sit on the couch and watch and show and work. But when I'm in this space that I'm in right now, I am on fire. I'm efficient. I'm happy. I'm thinking clearly. I just want to remind all of you that right now you may feel like you need to be some type of a superhero. I remember 10 years of teaching. There were instances where I wanted to just save kids and save situations. 
right now, you just showing up in a positive headspace with a smile and a warm heart, it's going to go so far with your students. You don't have to do it all right now. You just need to be able to show up and be consistent for them. So I want you to remember that. Don't feel like you have to put this cape on and save everything because quite, quite frankly, you can't right now. So don't put that unneed, um, unneeded stress on yourself. I just want to talk for a few minutes about um, getting personal. So when I did the survey, I saw that we had single parents with their kids all the way to, you know, um, people living with a roommate, people who have a spouse. Um, and so this boundary setting goes back to your family. So creating boundaries, like I was talking about with um, my kids in my office space, that they know this is my space. This isn't their place to come in and bring all of their stuff unless they're invited. And setting up consequences with your, with your kids is so key right now. So I want to give an example. One thing I've done with raising my kids is I have this personal pet peeve. I cannot stand when I'm talking to an adult and kids come up and interrupt the conversation and the parent breaks the conversation and starts talking to the kid. This is just a personal pet peeve for me. I've had it since my kids were toddlers, like since they were itty bitty. And so I set up a rule with my kids. They still do it today. My son's a sixth grader, but let's say we're at a party and my kids um, wanna ask me something. They know to come up and just place their hand on my arm like this, just stand next to me. They don't say a word and they just put their hand on my arm and they keep it there. They don't tap me. They don't poke me. They put their hand there. And oftentimes they know that I'll, if the person's talking, I'll look down to them and make eye contact with them. And then I keep with the conversation. And that's just my way of acknowledging. I see you there. I know you have something to tell me. But my kids know, don't interrupt me. And if they do, and how I trained them to do this is because when they would continue to poke me or talk to me, I would ignore them. I would not acknowledge them until they were had their hand on my arm and um, they were doing things the way I set them up to do. So I'm giving this example. This is a very clear boundary. I, they, I communicated it to them and they struggled with that at the beginning, but I held my consequence. My consequence was, if you act like that behavior, you're not gonna get my attention. So I think just within your personal life, especially if you have kids in your space right now, um, setting expectations with them, like your person, you're working right now. And these are your expectations that you have for them and just constantly communicate and make sure you do have consequences. And then when I say consequences, I don't mean ground them. I'm just saying that train them on the behaviors, just like you do as a teacher, you know how to do all of this as a teacher. And I also think that this is, if you have a spouse or a life partner, a roommate, I, um, I was just talking to my husband before I got on here and I told him I'm going to talk about you, but I think one of the things, um, my husband and I have, are about to be married for 15 years and we've experienced a lot of loss and trauma in the last five years. Um, I've lost both of my brothers. Um, and so we really know how to operate well under stress. Um, and we've learned over time how to communicate. And so one of the things that I have really realized as I'm seeing people, you know, talking on Facebook and on social media is that I'm seeing a lot of people almost going through the grieving process right now. So the grief is coming from, we are having to, and especially teachers kind of let go of what was just two weeks ago, our normal life. And all of a sudden 
we're not teaching in our classrooms. We aren't teaching the way we, we're, we aren't going to get to do that school play. We aren't going to get to coach that softball game. We're, we're letting go. I mean, my kids, my son was supposed to go play in Cooperstown for a week of baseball. He's been looking forward to this for years and it's been taken away from him. And I think we're all experiencing loss. And so in loss, we all go through different phases. And so there can be denial, shock, anger, depression, bargaining, trying to figure out how maybe we can get back to the old ways. And then finally a place of acceptance. And, and with grief, like you go through those things that one day you can be in denial about it. And the next day you can be sad and angry. Um, and one thing that I have personally learned going through the amount of loss that I have in the last five years is that I might be feeling angry one day and my mom might be feeling depressed or accepting. And so that can be really hard when you're both experiencing loss and you're feeling different feelings. And so um, I think we're almost as a society going through that. And so if you have a spouse or a roommate, one of the best things you can do is just continuously check in with them. So multiple times a day. Now my husband is also working from home. We've set up two separate spaces, but we are constantly checking in with each other. How are you feeling today? And talking about, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling sad, helps because we can at least acknowledge it, but we don't have to almost take on each other's emotions where I can say, I know you're feeling angry um, or frustrated. Um, we're going to get through this. You know, I'm feeling good today. Don't be afraid to talk about those feelings and talk it out because it's, as you're checking in, it's really easy to... Um, it is easy to take on the other person's feelings. So protecting your own kind of mood and feelings while talking it through with your partner. And also just being very clear about what you need. Um, the other day I was like, I need 30 minutes of like no one talking to me. And so my husband made that happen. The other night, I, you know, I'm the person who cooks in the house. I said, I just do not want to cook dinner. We've been ordering HelloFresh. And I'm like, I just don't want to cook dinner. He's like, well, let me try. And then we ended up cooking together and having a lot of fun. Um, so just, I cannot emphasize enough how much you need to communicate with the other adults in your house and really try to help each other out. And if you are feeling frustrated, um, instead of just like taking it out on them, just try and say like, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now. I'm sorry if I'm snappy. Um, and the other thing I want to say too, about what I've really noticed about parenting is that especially with me working from the home, there are times that I have to ignore my kids that they need me. And I have to say, I can't help you. My daughter was in here right before I came on this webinar. I'm like, I, I need you guys to find something else to do. I can't help you. Um, and they're used to that by now. But I will say that a little focused time with your own kids can go a long way. Again, you guys know these as educators, but, um, you know, my son, my 12-year-old really wanted me to play Minecraft and I hate Minecraft so much. <laughs> I just despise it. And he was begging me. And I was like, you know, if I spend half an hour every other day playing Minecraft with him, that's going to kind of fill his bucket. And he's, he's going to feel loved and that I gave him attention. And he knows how much I hate Minecraft. So just thinking about that, like if your kids are really kind of pulling on your energy, try to find something that you can do for 15 minutes or 20 minutes each day that's just the two of you, that maybe you're making a sacrifice. That will go a long way for them and they will feel, um, you know, that special attention from you. The challenge for this week is for everyone to focus on streamlining their work, picking a couple of boundaries, either professionally or personally, and getting them set up, and then communicating more with the people that you live with. 
not everything I said probably resonated with everyone, but I do think just remembering taking care of yourself first, trying to find happiness and balance. I know this is a scary time. I feel scared sometimes, but I, I feel scared like 2% of the time. And the other 98% of the time, I feel super hopeful, feel super proud of teachers. Um, I'm here for you as a resource. Like if you're struggling, you need some help. I'm here. I'm around. This is why I built E2E so that we can come together as spread the word. Also, if you took any pictures, will you please, please put them on social media? Um, that would really mean a lot to me and just share it out. You can tag educators to educators. So everyone take care. I will see you guys next week. Take care and reach out if you need anything.